0: The following sermon was recorded live at Foundation Church of Fredericksburg in downtown Fredericksburg, Virginia. I've been thinking a lot lately about 1 Timothy 2.8, which says, uh, I desire then that in every place the men should pray lifting holy hands without anger or quarreling. So let's go ahead and go to God in prayer, and men, let's go ahead and lift up holy hands in prayer. Father God, thank you for this day, Lord. Uh, Thank you for the opportunity to come and worship you. Lord, open our minds and our hearts to hear what you have for us in your word, Lord. Be with the men here as we lead our families, and those that are not leading families yet, prepare them for that time. Teach each one of us how to be obedient and to rest in your mercy, Lord. It's in your name we pray, amen. We're finishing up our series on 1 Peter today. We've been in 1 Peter for a few weeks, uh, actually a couple months now. And Peter has called his readers to live in a certain manner. He's given them some guidance as far as how they are uh, to live. the first sermon, we saw that we're primarily not citizens of this world. Um, We're citizens of the kingdom of heaven. So Peter tells us exactly what God expects of us. We've heard words like obedient children, newborn babies, aliens and strangers. We're fellow heirs. Peter's telling us that we have a responsibility in our conduct as representatives of the kingdom of heaven. Wayne Grudem puts it uh, that we are the church here on earth is an embassy of the kingdom of heaven. And each of us as Christians, our membership in that church is kind of like a visa to the kingdom of heaven. So that's kind of what we've been learning at as we go through 1 Peter. So in this final passage, we're going to see that Peter has a warning and a charge for his people. Kind of as we close out, this is kind of our last rallying cry of this letter. So that's what we're going to get into as we close out the book of 1 Peter. We're going to start in verse 8. Verse 8, the the first part of the verse. Be sober-minded. Be watchful. Sober-minded or clear thought. J.R. Michaels translates it as pay attention Wake up. Do we have anyone here that's served in the military? If you're familiar with the military, then you have this thing in the military called duty, or a sentry. What you do basically is you sit on a post, and your duty on that post is to watch for attacks that are coming. Your job is to remain alert so that the attacks that may come, you can warn people and they can be prepared. That's your job on that post. We actually learned this in boot camp And if you fall asleep on that post, then basically you're trained in how dangerous that can be because attacks can come in and you're not watching. You're not alert to what's going on. So that's what this first verse is telling us, that we need to remain alert. Well, what are we to remain clear-minded or alert from? The first one, as we've heard throughout this series, is suffering. Now, this could be perceived suffering or this can be real suffering because there are both kinds if you think about it. Oftentimes we'll talk about the fact that we're suffering and we're not necessarily suffering. We think we're suffering, but it's kind of a perceived suffering. Or it could be real suffering. You could be in the midst of actual real suffering, but we can't allow that to cloud our judgment or allow us to become unalert because we're so focused on that suffering, whether it's perceived or real, either way, we can't become Uh, distracted by that suffering. The second one's anxiety. This has a way of really being able to distract you from what's going on. You get anxious about things. You get to the point that you're focusing on those nonstop. And it makes it really hard to focus on the things that are going on around you. You get so absorbed by this anxiety that you can't see the things that are around you. The third one is sin. This is a really, really easy way to get distracted and not see what's going on around you. Is You get it in your sin, and you can even justify your sin like, oh, well, I'm not hurting anyone. This is just me. This is me being happy. God wants me to be happy. We've all heard those excuses, but these are ways that can distract us and get us to break our ability to stay alert. So why is staying alert so important? Well, it continues in verse 8b. Be watchful. Your adversary the devil prowls prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Contrary to what the typical evangelical church says today, we do have an enemy. Satan is out there. He does want to see Christians fall. He does want to destroy Christians. He wants to destroy people in general. If he can keep you out of relationship with God, then Satan sees that as a win. And the average church today doesn't want to admit that. They don't want to talk about the evil that's out there, but we do have an enemy that is trying to destroy us. We are at war. Now, as we've heard throughout this series, we're not at war with people. We're not at war with our neighbors. We're not at war with uh, the people we're in community with or at work, but we are at war, and our war is against the spiritual powers. It's against the devil. In Ephesians chapter 6, if you flip there, This talks about this Uh, in verses 10 through 12. It says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. So this is a military style picture. Put on the full armor of God so that you can stand against the devil. This is that, that imagery we're talking about, this battle that we're in. Don't be fooled into thinking that there isn't danger around us. There is danger around every corner, and it is super, super easy to fall into that danger, to fall into things that at the time don't even seem that bad, but can get us off the path. It continues in uh, verses 13 and on. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand the evil day, and having done all to stand firm, stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. The picture here is preparing ourselves for battle, preparing ourselves daily for whatever may come at us, whatever attacks we may face, whether that is spiritual or we we see it at, at work, or where whatever it may be, prepare yourself daily with that, that armor. David Watson puts it like this: even amongst Christians who do believe in the devil's existence, there is often a marked blindness about the reality and nature of spiritual warfare and the enemy's tactics. We have been tricked into thinking that Satan is no longer a danger, that we don't need to talk about it, that we don't need to be alert. But there is danger there. We have to be alert for those dangers that are around us. Back in First Peter, it uses this imagery of a, a prowling lion. The most frequently lion imagery in the Bible doesn't necessarily refer to Satan. But when you think about this idea of a prowling lion, try to imagine that image about the danger of a lion when it's seeking its prey. Prey oftentimes doesn't even know it's there until it's too late. That's the image that we're looking at here is a prowling lion that we may not even see, but it's crouching, waiting to devour us, waiting for us to slip up, waiting for us to drop our guard so that it can pounce. Don't underestimate the power of Satan. Peter did, and he ended up denying Jesus. He will destroy you if you let him. If you let him. Here's some of Satan's devices. Temptation to sin. We see this throughout scripture. It started right with Adam and Eve. It continued on in his trying to tempt Jesus. Satan's tactics don't change. They're the same throughout. But when we aren't paying attention to those tactics and we aren't being aware of those things around us, It's easy to miss the danger that's before us. Here's one that hits home for me. Making us fear our standing before God. Making us fear our standing before God. How often have, after knowing that you've committed sin, you've started to question things, started to think God's angry, maybe even going as far as questioning your salvation. This is a tactic of Satan to get Christians To fall away. To not be alert. To make them think that they're defeated. Confusing our minds regarding truth. Again, we see this throughout the Bible, right from Genesis 3. Did God really say? We see this so commonly in our culture today, questioning what the Bible says. Does the Bible really say that? These are all Satan's tactics to get... Christians to fall away. Here's another one, idolatry. Idolatry. When we become so focused on things that aren't Jesus, that can cause danger right around the corner. See, these are just a few, but we have to be alert if we're going to see these. And while it's wrong to deny the devil's existence, it's also wrong to cower in fear. It's also wrong to cower in fear. Point number two is to resist Satan. Resist Satan. Verse nine, resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. And after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. To him be dominion forever and ever. Amen. You have to actually stand. This resistance that it's talking about here is an active resistance. This isn't a passive thing. I come from a background of Celebrate Recovery, and if you're not familiar with what Celebrate Recovery is, it's a Christian-based recovery program. Kind of think of AA, but for Christians, Christ-centered, And it covers everything, anything you could possibly think of, everything from codependency to alcohol to any issue you can probably think of. Really, it's a program for sin, which we all struggle with. Every single one of us in here struggles with sin. It's really a program for everyone. And I've heard this so many times. I'm struggling with and fill in the blank, whatever it is. Now, what they mean by that is not really that they're struggling with, but that they're giving into. I'm giving into this. But what this passage is telling us to do is to actually struggle with whatever it is, to actually resist Satan, to stand against him. James 4, 7 puts it this way. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. So how do we resist? We resist by submitting to God. How do we submit to God? You have to internalize the word of God. You have to be in the Bible daily, understanding the inside and outside of what this book has to say. This will give you everything you need to know for how to live properly, how to resist Satan, how to live in right relationship with God. I've heard numerous times people say, I don't know what God wants in me well, what's your Bible reading and prayer like? Well, I'm not doing those. This is how we know how to resist Satan, how to stand firm in the faith. Verse 9b, the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. Be strengthened by community. We're going to talk about community more towards the end of the message here, but no matter what you think, you are not going through whatever it is you're going through alone. You're not. You know, I was just talking about CR a minute ago. One of the things that I love about this ministry is that people can be open and honest about what they're struggling with. Here's my issues. And without fail, every time that happens, there's someone that sits there and says afterwards, I thought I was the only one that struggled with And they're encouraged and they're strengthened by fellow brothers and sisters that are willing to say, you're not alone. You are not alone. The same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. You are not alone in whatever you're going through. Are you truly in Christian community? Think about these. Answer these questions for yourself. Do you have people you can turn to? If you're struggling with something or going through something, do you have people that you can turn to right now and say, I'm struggling with this? And you know that they'll lift you up. You know that they'll encourage you. Do you have people that you can confess to and trust that confession? Do you have these people? Who are you praying for? Better yet, who's praying for you? Christian community is so key. We're going to talk about this more here in a second. Hold out for victory. Hold out for victory. And after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. Here's the good news. Ultimate victory has already been won. It's already done. Jesus won it on the cross. No matter what you're going through, you have victory already. Now, I'm not saying that there's not suffering, there's not things that we'll go through on this, this earth, but suffering is temporary. And even while, this is, this is hard to understand, but even while it's still going on, we can celebrate the ultimate victory in Christ. We can celebrate that victory. You have eternal glory waiting. What does eternal mean? It means eternal. Our glory that has already been won by Christ will never pass away. We can rest in that. Even when we fall, even when we fail, even when things are hard and it seems like the world is out to get us, we can rest in the victory of Christ that has already been won for us. How reassuring is that to know? It's possible that you may be here today and maybe you don't have that reassurance. Maybe you don't have that relationship with Jesus. You don't have that victory that you can rest in. God wants to call you into that victory. He wants you to begin a relationship with him. It lists four verbs here. and We don't necessarily need to go into what each one of these verbs means, but the overarching idea of this is this idea that in God we already have victory. It tells us that God will restore us, confirm us, strengthen us, and establish us. Things may be hard on this world. You know, we look at the story of Job and all that Job lost, all the family, all the the trouble that he went through, yet God restored him. God is faithful. Even when we're going through hard times and we're questioning where God's at, is God even in this? I I don't hear from you. I don't know. I don't see you in this situation. But we can rest in the fact that God is faithful and he will do these things, no matter how hard it is here on earth. Remembering that this is not where we are from. We are part of another kingdom. And there, God will be faithful and will do these things. Verse 11 is, it's kind of been this military theme of resisting and being prepared for battle This final sentence here, to him be the dominion forever and ever, amen. I kind of think of those old war movies with the horses and the swords. It's kind of like he's crying out, long live King Jesus. To him be dominion forever and ever, amen. Let us never lose focus on Jesus. Let us never get distracted on the victory that we have. That's what this is saying. Be sober-minded. Be watchful. Be aware. Have eyes open. The devil prowls around like a roaring lion. There's danger. Be aware. Resist him firm in your faith, knowing that you're not the only one going through this. To Jesus be dominion forever and ever. Silas in verse 12, he calls him a faithful brother. There's been debate on whether Silas helped write this, this book, this first Peter, this letter. But it seems that most people lean on the fact that he was the one that actually carried this letter. He's the one that actually brought it. Peter trusts him enough to take this important letter and deliver this. And for that, he calls him a faithful brother. Do we have a faithful brother that we trust? A faithful sister? Again, it comes back to this idea of, are we in true Christian community? And that's not just coming to church, but being truly engaged, truly involved, truly plugged in people that you can trust in, you can lean on. Verse 13, she who is at Babylon, who is likewise chosen, sends you greetings, and so does Mark, my son. She who is in Babylon traditionally points to the church in Rome. It's believed that Peter was in Rome when he was writing this letter. And so that's who he's referring to here. But it's interesting, as I was thinking about this and I was reading through this, The idea that he's writing this letter pointing back to this other church. And as Baptists, we like to kind of disconnect our churches. We all kind of stand on our own, own church. But we need to be more about the big C church. Are we praying for other churches in our area, that they will be faithful to the gospel? We have a brother just today that is preaching at another church. Are we praying for those brothers and sisters That they will be faithful to these calls, that they will be for God's mission, that they will remain alert. Are we praying for other churches? Then he talks about Mark, Mark, my son. This is kind of like Timothy was to Paul, it's a spiritual son, which brings up the question of who's poured into you in the church? Who have you poured into? Who have you discipled or been discipled by? Who are you pouring into and discipling right now? This is the idea of Christian community that we're seeing, that we will be plugged in and engaged with each other because that's how we grow. That's why what we do here is so important, to gather and encourage each other and grow. Verse 14, greet one another with the kiss of love. Now, this is a genuine greeting of affection. This isn't the idea that we should still be doing this today. Please don't come kiss me after service. But a genuine greeting of affection. And just to be real here, most of our handshakes are probably not that. A handshake is a distant kind of business transaction and most of us in in our society and culture we just do it without thinking you just shake hands I think a more representative idea of this would be a holy hug a genuine greeting that you're glad to see someone greet one another with the kiss of love greet one another genuinely with affection for that person that you are glad to see them God wants you to be a part of a Christian community because it's through that community that we are encouraged, we're lifted up, we grow, and through that community, we're able to stand firm in the faith, resist Satan, trust in God, and be alert. That's my call to you today. Real down and dirty, real simple. Keep alert. Resist Satan. And be in community with other brothers and sisters. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for this encouragement, Lord. It's so easy in a busy world to get distracted by things that are going on around us. to lose our focus on community to not be alert Father thank you for this encouragement that Peter wrote 2,000 years ago that we're still today being challenged by Lord let us internalize these things as we go about our week where we have lost our alertness, let us become alert. Let us realize that there are dangers around. But let us ultimately realize that you've already won the victory for us. And in that, we can rest. Lord, if there's someone here that doesn't have that victory, Father, be with them, encourage them, Call them into relationship with you. Father, if we've disconnected from community, let us re-engage. Let us be part of a local church where we can be encouraged, where we can grow, where we can be edified, where we can be about your mission. and Most of all, worshiping you, Father. We thank you for the death of Jesus. We thank you for what he did on the cross. And the community that he started by doing that. It's in your holy name we pray. Amen. Well, we worship God in Trinity. And Trinity and unity, as the creeds say. So we'll flip, lift up our voices to him now. All sermons are released <clears throat> under a Creative Commons, Praise non-commercial, no derivative, 3.0 moon. license. Blessings if you would like to learn more, Or listen to past sermons, please visit us at foundationfxbg.com.